I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of LiveWire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey there, welcome to the Best News Podcast from LiveWire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. Uh, this is the show where we talk about uh, what's good out there in the news. I'm Luke Burbank. Right over there is my friend, Elena Passarello. Hey, Elena. Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. I actually have great news at the top of the show, which is that even when we just royally mess things up, our listeners still love us. They do? So that's... Yes. Now, this wasn't something we did here on the Best News Podcast, which this week enters week three of its existence. This was actually something we did on the radio show that people heard. And I knew, Elena, while it was happening, that we were going to be getting the emails. It was when you and I, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, don't ever guess with the trek. (laughs) Don't guess with the trek, my friends. Don't guess with the trek. Good Lord. Turns out you're the only person who knows less about Star Trek than I do. (laughs) Um, So that's just kind of a bad combination. Yeah, on the radio show last week, the subject of Star Trek came up and the theme song of some particular iteration of Star Trek. And I just like my... My Spidey sense. That's on Star Trek, right? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that, that's Spidey the sense? Captain Shrek has that on, on, Star, <laughs> on Star Trek. I was like, this, we're messing this up because there's just no way shooting from the hip on Star Trek facts is going to work out when neither one of us is a Trekkie. So somebody had written in and said that they were surprised to find out that the Star Trek Enterprise theme was better than they had heard it was. People had said it's not great. They list this person listened to it and actually kind of liked it. And we thought that this person was referring to the like original, you know, William Shatner version of Star Trek theme. Mm-hmm. You even sang it beautifully. <laughs> yep. Christina Aguilera has nothing on you. That's right. Elena, that's <laughs> genie in a bottle, baby. That's some range. <laughs> well, yeah, we heard from lots of people. Lots uh, Jer, of people. <laughs> Jer said. You knew you were going to get letters, uh, didn't you, when you didn't fact check what the Star Trek Enterprise theme song is. The theme song for Star Trek Enterprise, starring Scott Bakula. Woo-hoo! The Primrose Hill Dracula, Scott Bakula. He's always, he's, he's always uh, you know, quantum leaps, Scott Bakula to me. That's, yeah. That's uh, where he lives in my heart. Uh, is not the same as the Star Trek, the original series, 
Uh, that song was composed by Alexander Courage in the 1960s. Boy, mm. that's a hell of a name. Mm-hmm. Alexander Courage. So then Eric wrote in, I assume by now you know that Elena totally whiffed on the Star Trek theme song. I think I did great. I think I sang it great. You sang it beautifully, but I th- maybe I whiffed. I don't know. We were so we- this. Is- okay, so listen. Here was the uh, one, of course, uh, that you were thinking of, Elena, that I was thinking of. And then, you know, et cetera, et cetera, the uh, beautiful operatic singing comes in and all that stuff. Now, this is the theme to the Scott Bakula version of Star Trek, Star Trek Enterprise. It's been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time I mean, this song really screams space exploration to me. I think you could agree. Brian Adams recording something in his sleep. Oh, touch the sky, huh? Touch the sky because you're in the sky. That's why you're touching the sky because you're flying around in the sky. This is written by Diane Warren, though. The great songwriter Diane Warren. I don't think she wrote it for Star Trek, though. I think they just thought it spoke to the topic. got faith to believe sure what <laughs> somebody <laughs> needs to workshop those lyrics <laughs> you are joining the chorus of people online who said it's not a good theme song elena agree anyway consider the record officially corrected please and uh, also consider us having learned the lesson of never trying to talk star trek on this show i just wish that i got permission to be as irate as star trek fans get to be about everything like the things I love, if I'm like, that's not how that line of Shakespeare scans, you know, like whatever. Like, but but there's something about that particular television enterprise that mm. people can be very, very particular and also kind of splainy about uh, any little thing that gets missed. I, I, I don't understand why that licensure is particularly. I like that you're unbowed. I was just immediately just got on my back and exposed my belly to the Star Trek fans saying, please, don't don't be mad at us. Well, they're right. We did it wrong. But, like, we were very obviously guessing. And <laughs> it's also, like, what other thing could we get wrong? Well, bird stuff, right? We get bird stuff. We get some, some correct amundos. But, like. People should really be excited for this week's episode of the Livewire radio show because there's a lot of bird stuff going on. More stuff for us to get wrong. Yeah. That's right. So, everybody, get your, uh, get your email uh, program out and get ready to email it in. All right. Now that we have that out of the way, Elena, how was your week? What's the news from Elena's week? Oh, you know what I was thinking about the, uh, to celebrate this week is a small pleasure that is back in my life again. Writing on the blackboard. <gasps> oh, wait. Do you actually, when you say blackboard, because you're a college professor, you really mean whiteboard, right? No, I don't. What? State school, my friend. <laughs> literally English department at a state school (laughs) we do have a couple of whiteboards but there are so few markers in our resources it's better if you get put in the classrooms with the chalk (laughs) because the whiteboard you might not be able to write on the board at all (laughs) this is amazing so you actually as a college professor Mm -hmm. at a very well-respected state college Mm -hmm. you write on a blackboard for your students yep 
yeah. blows my mind. It's the biggest classroom in our building, and it's got this gigantic blackboard, and it's got an auxiliary blackboard on wheels just in case you fill up your double-decker blackboard in this gigantic room, which I always do. And then you get to wheel in like a magician, the other blackboard. I love writing. I like the students say something and I write it on the board or I draw it. I love the sound of the chalk. I, I love I love when I don't know the answer to something and I just turn around and start writing on the board so maybe the students will have figured it out by the time that I turned around. I love the blackboard. The chat on Zoom just isn't the same. I just love it. Have you ever come in the class in the morning and seen a very elaborate math problem solved that was thought to be unsolvable, <laughs> possibly by one of the custodial staff who turns out to be a genius? No, but there is a lot of conversation about do you erase the blackboard before the next class or do you leave it up so the next professor can see how much more fun and interesting and insightful your class is than the next class is going to be. <laughs> I say leave it up because I remember being a kid in school and you would you'd, you'd get into class and you would see whatever they were doing before and then you'd try to play that game where you figure out what class is this? Yeah. If you knew what they were talking about or if you knew the answer. Yeah, totally. You smell what I'm stepping in here. Yeah. Hey, speaking <laughs> of what you're stepping in, but- <laughs> uh, the b- best news from my life this week is I've discovered a new weird YouTube <laughs> viewing habit that's bringing me great joy and it is watching people who trim cow hooves oh, do their job. Is that fa- a farrier? Is that what you call? I know farrier applies to horses. It may apply to cows as well. That's a dairier. More- <laughs> oh, God. Please send your emails to Elena no! at livewireradio.org. Worse emails. No. <laughs> I probably saw it on TikTok and then went and found it on YouTube because there's like more stuff on YouTube than TikTok right now. But, you know, it'll be these these, uh, fellas who will go out to the, you know, dairy farm or the wherever, you know, cows are living, (laughs) and they'll look for the cows. Well, you know, there's different kinds of cows. The cow (laughs) co-op. Some have longer lives than others is all I'm trying to say. I'm trying to be diplomatic about it, I guess. But they'll go out and the – it's just really satisfying because they're, they come in and the hooves are all just like dirty and grimy and sometimes a rock has gotten jammed in there and then the hoof is actually um, – the cow's having a problem. In fact, there's something called the lame list, mm. which is just the cows that they've observed are not walking quite right. Mm-hmm. And so they will bring those cows in. And it's amazing this contraption that they put them in. It's this big kind of cage thing. The cow seems very chill. I was surprised. And it – moves them up off the ground, and then it lifts up whichever particular hoof is in trouble, that leg, and the cows are just completely unfazed by this. And that's actually very cute because these guys that work on the cows, they go over and rub their heads, and they're like, you know, they call them mama and stuff. It's very cute. Aww. So then they'll go to work fixing the, the hoof, but sometimes if there's an injury to the hoof, like if there's a, you know, like I said, a piece of rock gets stuck in there or something, they'll go in or they have an, an abscess even. They sort of cut away all of the damaged hoof, and they release the pressure of this injury. I love that this is your favorite piece of news. From, I did. This, <laughs> from the I week. watched like four hours of this yesterday, Elena. Because when they get the hoof all fixed, mm-hmm. and then sometimes what they'll do is because they have to shave one side down more than the other, they glue this rubber block onto the hoof so that the hoof is stable, and so that they can kind of the cow can keep the pressure off the thing that's just been kind of bandaged up. Uh-huh. But like. When they get this hoof all cleaned up and the injury, like the abscess or whatever, is all drained and washed out with, like, you know, disinfectant and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they wrap it up really tenderly like and put, like, a padding on it. And then the cow just kind of walks back out in the field all better. 
is <laughs> the most rewarding thing. I can't recommend it highly enough. Google cow hoof, hoof cow hoof repair manicures or just derrier derrier or whatever derrier. <laughs> not derrier. That's a whole other internet. Search I'm not going to put that into TikTok. <laughs> I cannot recommend that one on this show. It's a family show. Hey, what's the best news you're seeing out there in the wider world, Elena? Well, it's also animal-oriented. Let's go, as I often do, back to Canada, (laughs) to British Columbia. We need to have uh, our amazing composer, A. Walker Spring, write a Back to Canada music sting. Yes. When you say that, then we can activate it. We don't have it this week. Yeah, no, I'd love that. Um, and you could do something with maybe the Joni Mitchell, Oh Canada. I don't know. Just just spitball okay. in there. Okay. So we're going to British Columbia where a very nice couple named Jessica and Nikki live with their three cats. And they've always wanted, Jessica and Nikki, a Vitamix blender. Black Friday 2021 goes on sale. Finally, they get to realize their dream. They order it and it arrives on December 16th, 2021. As of January 16th, 2021, they still have not taken it out of the box. (laughs) Because why? Because those three cats have been holding it hostage. (laughs) What are they doing to it? Well, okay, so the I guess I guess Jessica and or Nikki just put the box on the kitchen floor and mm-hmm. immediately the cats became interested in it, which totally checks out with my three cat household. They just love new things, especially in the places where like their food is kept. These three cats, by the way, their names are very important to this story. They are Max the Sentient Soccer Ball, who's a tuxedo <laughs> cat. They uh, George Destroyer of Worlds, which is his official name and appears on his little kitty cat name tag, George That Destroyer. seems hard to stamp all of those letters into a kitty cat name tag. Yeah, I hope it's like a long one or something. Yeah. And then finally, rounding out the trio is Landau Carissian, the mm. questionably sentient dust bunny. Those are the three, okay? And from the jump, one of them has been sitting on top or near this Vitamix box, sometimes two at a time. Sometimes they fight for position and one of them knocks the other one off. But the humans that live in this house have not had a free moment to actually take the Vitamix out of their box. Those things aren't cheap either, no. by the way. Like they've been waiting for a long time to have it's enough. It's a big ticket purchase. Yeah. But so here's the thing. The three cats had their own Instagram account before. It had like 65 followers or whatever. But they started documenting this siege. <laughs> and they, and the, it's, the captions are written in this like amazing language. Like, hold on, I'm going to read you one. Like, here's an example of uh, one of the posts about the siege from January 4th, otherwise known as week two, day seven. <laughs> My dearest Elizabeth. <laughs> no, no. Think about it like like spy evil. Like, like, oh, okay, okay, got it. Not like Ken Burns' no. uh, Civil War <laughs> banjo <laughs> music. I mean, I don't know how long they're going to keep this going, but they might need ideas like once it gets <laughs> okay. to March or April. But okay, so at the cusp of the third, yes, third week of Appliance Gate, We return to the saga to find that the questionably sentient dust bunny has settled in for the night shift atop the Vitamix. 
While no video evidence was caught of the unfortunate incident, his occupation of the annexed territory was immediately preceded by possibly the single least grateful dismount in the history of felinehood, which somehow involved the sentient soccer ball first smacking headfirst into a wall immediately prior to pulling a fly, you fools, briefly hanging off the side of the Vitamix box. That is riveting. Yeah. And so these posts are coming all the time. Now they have 25,000 followers on the cat's Instagram account. And people are writing the humans who are mysteriously responsible for it and saying, you know, well, hey, they're offering suggestions like maybe you should tunnel underneath the box and get the Vitamix out. (laughs) 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 And then so then they they ended up contacting or tagging or whatever they do on social media. Vitamix. Oh, right. And then Vitamix sent them two empty Vitamix blender boxes to use as decoys. <laughs> so their suggestion was to place these empty Vitamix boxes in other parts of the kitchen. And then the cats would go over to them. And then they would have their original Vitamix box free to open. But then the public went crazy. And they were like, uh, no, don't stop this. this. Yeah, they're saying it's helping. People are saying it's helping with their seasonal affective disorder and really getting us through these long, dark months that are not just tough in terms of weather, but they're tough in terms of a bunch of other things. So they're keeping it going. These, these folks have sacrificed their Vitamix for the spirits of the North American people and beyond. And hats off to them and hats off to Max, the sentient soccer ball, George, destroyer of worlds, and Lando, the questionably sentient dust bunny. Does it make you feel like you and uh, David really could have, you could have gotten even more creative with your cat names? What are your cats named again? QQ, Columbo, and Spooner. But Those are good names. They have crazy box obsessions too. Like whenever we come home, we we don't use uh, plastic bags, obviously. And whenever we come home from the co-op, they give us like a little box, and we put it on the floor. And QQ jumps right into it, and then she sits there like a little pirate in her tiny pirate ship. And we'll, sometimes we'll bring home the smallest box possible to see if she could squeeze herself into it. <laughs> But I, I got to get an Instagram account going because apparently the world needs this kind of content. Absolutely. Vitamix needs to just send them a free Vitamix because this is a lot of what we call earned media for them, like a lot of <laughs> free right. advertising. I love, too, that this family has now three gigantic blender-sized boxes clogging up their kitchen. Oh, and on the ones that, that had the empty boxes, they've written lies in pen <laughs> on the side of the boxes. <laughs> Cut to me with like a box in my garage that just says Tesla crudely written on it and like placing my cat on top of it and like, Elon, get at me. Could I get a replacement for this, please? All right. My best news that I became aware of this week, you're going to have to kind of like bear with me, Elena, because it starts out sounding like not great news. But I do think that there is overarchingly a positive element to it. Okay. So have you been to Key West, Florida? I have. Quite the place, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I mean, Margaritaville. Is, they hate it sure when you is. say that. <laughs> and everyone knows this, but well, I think most people know this. It is also the southernmost spot in the contiguous United States. Word. So of the parts of America that are all physically connected to each other, it's the furthest south. And they have this buoy down there that you go look at when you mm-hmm. go to Key West that marks it as the southernmost point mm-hmm. in the contiguous United States. And unfortunately, recently, a couple of 'er (gasps) ne'er-do-wells vandalized the buoy. They lit a dried-out Christmas tree on fire, which (laughs) burned up immediately and then melted all the paint 
off of the buoy, oh, no. which is sort of beautifully painted and indicates like how far Cuba is. It just like gives yeah. you some information. And like I said, it's the main reason you go to Key West it's is to huge. go stand by that buoy and take a picture. Yeah. It was like $5,000 worth of damage was done to this buoy. Aww. So because this is like the, the treasure of Key West, they also have security cameras that are filming the buoy and they caught the two people on camera who did it, these two guys in their 20s. Okay. So no one recognized these two uh, vandals except for someone named Cameron Briody hmm? who saw the security footage on like Facebook and recognized these two people as having been bad tippers <laughs> when they came in <laughs> when they came into his Key West bar Irish Kevins. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind of Kevin. <laughs> right? So he said they were the only people all night on his shift who didn't tip him when they would get drinks, these two, these two vandals. Mm. And so uh, I guess the first time one of them had paid with cash, but the second time one of them had used like a credit card or a debit card to pay uh. for the drinks and not tip. <sighs> and so Cameron remembered these two people because of this and then went back and looked at the the, the, the credit card receipts for the night mm-hmm. and found the one where there was no tip <laughs> and connected it to one of these vandals. One of the guys is from Texas. One of the guys is from Florida. Uh, they were just, you know, down there visiting and making trouble. They have now figured out who these guys are. <gasps> They've been, um, uh, I think that they're deciding what the charges will be, but it sounds like they're going to haul them back to Key West and make them do some kind of community service down yes. there to better Key West. The reason I think this is the best news is because I think we need to get the word out that you really need to be a good tipper. Yes. Or karma will punish you. And I think this is a very strong argument yes. to that point. I was going to say, as the partner of a bartender, I don't know what's worse, defacing a gigantic buoy or not tipping a hardworking bartender. Like They're both just absolutely terrible. Yeah. And the fact that this story has made national headlines now. And the headline, like in the New York Times, burning a Key West symbol was bad. Not tipping a bartender was worse, locals <laughs> say. I just, I like that this has become a national story that is letting everyone know that uh, that tipping is the way to go. And like, I mean, will you ever, I have never in my life regretted when I maybe tipped even a little more than was the kind of standard. Nope. And we have, like you and I, this incredible privilege with doing this show and the radio show, Elena, where we can do this from our houses. But there are lots and lots of people who are bringing us our food uh, deliveries mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, cleaning hotel rooms and doing all kinds of things where you got to be there physically. Word. Uh, slinging drinks at Irish Kevin's in Key West. Yes. I mean, that's <laughs> it. So, I would take a tip. Like, our, if you, I thought maybe that's where you were going with this is that maybe we oh, could start. Oh, you're opening the live wire tip jar. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what 20% of nothing is, but I'll take it. I don't know what 20% free content is. (laughs) The best news tip jar. We'll have that active. We'll have your um, taking it back to Canada music, and we'll have the best news tip jar open next week. And I'll give all the money to my Star Trek education fund, (laughs) where we we both will learn about Star Trek. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of feedback, uh, we do have an email address now, bestnews at livewireradio.org. So if you want to send us an email just about some good news that you heard about, uh, or anything like that. Why, you're, why are you shaking your head in terror, we're Elena? We're going to get more Star Trek explains. No, we're not. People, <laughs> listen, we've, 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 we've gone boldly to that place, and I don't yeah, think we have to go back. However it ends. I, this is just, this is so listeners can reach out to us, and they can, uh, you know, 
I don't tell us about good news that's happening in their life. Cats in boxes. If you have if they any... have thoughts on cats sitting on boxes or pictures of cats in boxes. Amen. Yeah. Anything like that. So best news at LiveWireRadio.org is how you can get a hold of us. Coming up on Friday this week, I already sort of alluded to this, but we are going to be talking birds a lot <laughs> on the radio show. We're talking to Matthew Gavin Frank, who wrote a book about diamond smuggling in South Africa, uh, which involves way more pigeons <laughs> than I would have thought going into it. It's a really a fascinating book. Then speaking of things that are fascinating, we're going to talk to Davy Rothbart and Cheryl Sanford about this documentary that they made called 17 Blocks. It took 20 years. Wow. Basically, Davey Rothbart was playing pickup basketball in D.C., and then he kind of became friends with this kid. Kid brought him home and was like, hey, this is my new friend. Now, my, meanwhile, Davey, I think, was like 10 years older than the kid. Or more, yeah. <laughs> and this is Cheryl Sanford's kid. And Cheryl was like, uh, okay, would you like to come in and have <laughs> a Diet Pepsi? Anyway, Davey became friends with the family and uh, started bringing a camcorder over and then started leaving it with the Sanfords. And they started filming their lives and making this really incredible documentary called 17 Blocks which we're going to talk about uh, on Friday. Then, keeping the bird theme going, Andrew Bird, the singer, <laughs> and Jimbo Mathis, his pal, are going to play us some music. So that's this week on LiveWire. Please do join us for that. All right, that's going to do it for the best news podcast this week. Thanks to the team that makes the show possible. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko, and our assistant editor is Trey Hester. Special thanks to our intern, Jonas Myers, who is quite the piano player. Yes, yes. Jonas, keep those fingers limber because we have musical guests drop out all the time on Livewire. Uh, Molly Pettit is our incredible technical director and mixer. Our theme music is composed by A. Walker Spring. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Best News Podcast here on uh, week three. We'll be back here next week with another edition of the show for you. Till then, please check out Livewire on Friday and make sure that you just go out and have the absolute best week. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a piping hot episode of Livewire delivered right to your heart and ears each week? Well, guess what? That can happen when you subscribe to the Livewire podcast feed and you'll get the joy of surprising conversation every week. So go ahead and do it. It's super easy. You click on the button at the top of your podcast app and bam, you are Livewire subscribed. And if you're still, you know, feeling the love, if you're enjoying the show, hey, maybe you could hook us up and uh, leave us a quick review. That'll help more people find out about Livewire. And thank you. <laughs>